Hello, my good friend. This is Dan Jones with another Quiet Talk to share with you today. The Bible is full of a lot of amazing stuff. There's a flood that kills all but eight people on earth. God parts the Red Sea. The Israelites march around Jericho for a week and the walls fall down. A teenager kills a nine-foot giant with a slingshot. I could go on. Because of all this, there are some things in there easy to miss. I've known folks that want to see miracles every day. They think this should be the norm. All I can tell these folks is that if constantly living in miracles is normal, then I'm not. I have an idea you're not either. Much of life is mundane, even boring. What does the Bible say about this? Well, that's what this talk is about. Now, as a disclaimer, I have to say that there was indeed something quite unusual that happened to the man I'm going to talk about, something that is unlikely to happen to me or you. But today, that isn't what is significant to me. I'm talking about a guy named Enoch. What most people remember about Enoch is the fact that he didn't die, or at least if he did, they never found his body. Genesis chapter 5 contains a genealogy beginning with Adam and going down to Noah. The striking thing about this genealogy is that most of the people listed lived over 900 years. That's one of those things that modern people have a hard time believing. I was leading a Bible study on Genesis a few years ago, and a man asked me, do I have to believe these people really live that long to be a Christian? I told him to be a Christian, he had to believe in Jesus Christ. And if he didn't believe the lifespans in this chapter of the Bible were meant to be taken literally, he could still be saved. Personally, I believe these people before the flood actually did live as long as it says here in Genesis 5. Contrary to present-day scientific theory, I think we're getting worse, not better. I believe that in the beginning, God created perfect people, but sin implanted a spiritual disease in our race that has very slowly caused us to not to evolve, but to devolve. Too bad I don't have time to flesh that out. You know, sometimes I do get distracted, but back to Enoch. He left this world at the tender age of 365, unlike his son Methuselah, who holds the longevity record in this passage of 969 years. I wonder if it was boring living so long. I'm 67, and I, I feel like I've seen it all. Imagine living till you're 967. Calculators are a great invention. Using the calculator app on this MacBook, I figured if you count up only until my last birthday, I've lived 24,000 471 days, getting up every morning, having breakfast, going through your day, having dinner, going to bed, getting up, having breakfast, etc., 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 over 24,000 times. I have a brother who's lived over 28,000 days as of his last birthday. Enoch lived over 133,000 days. Wow. So what did Enoch do with those days, his 365 years on this planet? Did he build a great city, fight wars, and build an empire? 
Well, if he did, the Bible forgets to mention it. All we know about him is what verse 24 says, Enoch walked with God. He's the first person listed in the Bible about whom that was said, that he walked with God. Now, sometimes it's good to use a sanctified imagination in thinking about these folks in God's Word. There are so many things the Bible doesn't say that I wish it did. So I'm going to try to fill in some blanks here with Enoch. Enoch obviously got married because he had a boy named Methuselah. We're also told he had other sons and daughters. I don't think it's a stretch to assume that the people in this genealogy had big families. After all, they had a big planet to populate. God told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply and to fill the earth with humans. He didn't seem to be concerned with overpopulation like some people nowadays. So Enoch had to provide for his family. He worked probably with the soil. It was hard work. Remember, the earth was still cursed. God had said to Adam, Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life, but thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Nowadays, people seek to extend their span of life at all costs. We have machines to keep people alive after the time at which they would really have died had nature taken its course. People work out. They eat green leaves instead of steak, all in an attempt to live longer. But I have to wonder if these people before the flood didn't see life as something to be extended but simply endured. We think today we should get to stop working at the latest by 65 so we can kick back and take it easy. They didn't have this luxury. They lived by the sweat of their brow. So Enoch had to deal with all this, and yet it says of him that he walked with God. As I've already mentioned, he's the first person of whom this is said, so that makes it significant. What does it mean to walk with God? It means that for Enoch, life was not just about getting up and working and eating and having children and then dying at some point. Life was about God. As a pastor, I've observed sadly over the years that for many churchgoers, God is a part of their life. They think about him for an hour on Sunday, but he doesn't figure in much on Monday through Saturday, but not with Enoch. He walked with God. He walked with God not just in those special times of worship, but every day when he worked, when he got up, when he cared for his wife and his children, he walked with God. God was always before his eyes, and so much so that at one point, God just decided to snatch him up so that he wouldn't have to worry about those mundane, earthly things anymore. That tells me that God delights in that person who chooses to walk with him. There was a woman in England in the 1800s who walked with God. Unlike those people in Genesis 5, she had a short lifespan, only 43 years. Her name was Frances Ridley Havergal. 
She was extremely talented as a singer and a pianist and could have had a great career as a musician, but she dedicated her life to serving the Lord. She sacrificed much for Jesus. She wrote a famous hymn called, Take My Life and Let It Be. The first verse goes like this. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments and my days. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. Oswald Chambers wrote, The true test of a person's spiritual life and character is not what he does in the extraordinary moments of life, but what he does during the ordinary times when there is nothing tremendous or exciting happening. A person's worth is revealed in his attitude toward the ordinary things of life when he's not under the spotlight. What's important is the day-to-day mundane life that is lived before God, not the great works that we often associate with walking with God. I urge you today in the normal, everyday things to walk with God. When you do that, his eye is upon you in a special way. Sparrows don't do great spiritual works. They just eat and fly and have baby sparrows. And yet, the Father's eye is upon them always. And his eye is on you as well. Heavenly Father, help us to walk with you, Lord. Every day, Lord, whatever happens in our life, whatever exciting things or boring things take take place, to know and realize that life is about knowing God, is about walking with God. Help my listeners to walk with Jesus today, to focus their hearts upon you. In your name we pray. Amen. My good friends, please pray for us as we are seeking to walk with God as a church fellowship here in uh, what they call the Capital District of New York. We meet in uh, the Schenectady area. Our fellowship is called the Bread of Life Anglican Church, and we meet at 1809 Union Street in Schenectady at 10 o'clock on Sundays. If you're in this area, if you don't have a church home, we'd love to meet you 10 o'clock on Sunday, 1809 Union Street. As always, you can reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. May God bless you.